cool. I was excited by what um, Christian had to say a little while ago um, because that really, really ties in with what I feel God wants to do here today. Um, I want us to continue in our governance. You know, a couple of weeks ago we, we sat over our houses, yeah? Has anyone sat over their house since? Because it should be something you do every day. You know, if you're going to take communion every day, sit over your house while you take communion. Govern over your, over your house, govern over your street. Because this is, this is the heart of what we're doing is actually governing our city, governing our state, governing our nation. All right? Otherwise, it's just all fluffy. And the fluffy is wonderful. It's good fun. But the fluffy doesn't change anything, does it? Yeah? It's like when you eat chocolate. You can eat chocolate and it feels wonderful. But it, doesn't, and it, but it doesn't change things for the better, does it? Because <laughs> eventually you come down. <laughs> so either you have more chocolate and it affects you but nobody else, right? The good thing about governing with God is that you get to experience heaven. You get to walk through heaven. You get to, to stand in the courts of heaven. You get to walk through Eden. You get face-to-face with Jesus. But you also get to govern and bring change here on earth because what happens in heaven happens on earth, right? Okay, I'll try that again. What happens in heaven happens on earth, right? Yes. Do we believe that? Yes. Really? You don't sound convinced. It's a biblical truth. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. There's a link between heaven and earth. And your reality changes according to how you govern. All right, I did it in my previous workplace. They were going to bring in some rather questionable practices. And I really felt strongly about this and, you know, really God was really speaking to me. And so I'd be driving into work and I remember listening to some teaching. I think it was actually Justin teaching and some stuff. And, and as I pulled into the car park, I actually reversed my car in. I remember sitting there and God took me into heaven and I was in a courtroom. And I actually governed in that courtroom over the situation that was happening in my workplace. Within six months, everybody who was bringing in the stuff that they shouldn't have been bringing that was against what the Bible said had been removed from that organisation. And the board of that organisation, because they'd been hiding it from the board, it all came out, the board discovered what was going on, the board jumped in and went, this isn't happening. I didn't say a thing to anybody. That's what governing does. All right? Governing is taking authority where you are. God has you in your workplace. He has you in your home. He has you in your street to govern, to take authority, not to sit there and just take whatever comes. We're in this state to govern. It actually isn't run by the politicians. This state is run by what happens in the heavenlies. And if we sit back and be passive and just say, oh, it's going to happen anyway, we can't do anything about it, guess what? That's true. But if you stand up and go, I am a child of the Almighty God. I am seated with Christ in heaven. All authority is in Christ and he is the head of this church. So therefore, we have that same authority flowing through us. 
Because what happens to my head affects the rest of my body, doesn't it? Yes? So it's the same in the church. That's why Jesus used this illustration. Because he's the head and he has the authority. We are the body that act out that authority. And we do it in the heavenlies as well as here on earth. So we're called to govern over our city. We're called to govern over our state. We're called to govern over our nation. And to use the authority that Christ has given us to take authority over what happens. It's not up to the politicians. It's not up to the businesses. It's actually up to us. And one of the things that really irks me, actually, getting on the side issue, is is that how much of the church and church organisations rely so much on government funding that they've stopped standing up, that they're afraid. I heard of one organisation this week that they got excited because both sides of both major parties guaranteed their funding next year if they got elected. That was their exciting announcement of the week. And I'm going, oh, how pitiful have we become. Because the government shouldn't even be funding them. It should be funded by the church. This is why the church needs to prosper. So we can say to the government, no. And it doesn't depend on the money. Does that make sense? But the problem is that we've given over our authority. We've let go and we settle. Because we come up with a hard time and we go, oh, it's too hard. Imagine if Jesus said that. Oh, the cross is too hard. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah? It says until we get to that level, we don't know anything. That we haven't suffered anything. But we have authority in Christ. That's why he died, so we could walk in that authority. And we are told in today's verse, who's going to do today's verse? This is the verse the kids are learning. Do a different one every week. Can you read that? Pray for all those in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life. First Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 2. Well done. So 1 Timothy 2, verse 2, we're told to pray for those who govern over us. Why? That you may live a peaceful life. All right? We're actually not told to be political activists. It's not a bad thing, but we're not told to do it. We're not told to go and lobby. It's not a bad thing, but we're not told to do it. We're told to do one thing. What's that? Pray. Because prayer is powerful. Prayer is actually what will shape this state. Prayer is what will shape this nation. Prayer is what will shape your home or your workplace or your school or wherever you are. That's what will do it, not lobbying and arguing and debating. That may make some noise, but it's prayer that brings the change. It's prayer that brings the breakthrough. Daniel. You know, Daniel was an amazing man. It says that he and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I always think we should use the Hebrew names because that was actually the names given by the Babylonians, but anyway. But 
it says that when they were brought into council, because see, Daniel was captured with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by you know, Nebuchadnezzar came in and they overtook Israel. And what he used to do was he grabbed the brightest men and bring them back. And they would become part of his council. And they would go through schooling the Babylonian system and so on. So they understood all that. And it says that through the schooling that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were ten times better than any of the magicians, the astrologers, astrologers, or the wise men in the court. Not one, not two, not five. They were so stand out that they were described as ten times better in their insight and their wisdom. Isn't that cool? You see, when you're a person of prayer, which we know Daniel was, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, when you're a person of prayer, God gives you supernatural wisdom and insight so you stand out more than anybody else. So if you're in business, your business stands out better because you have a better way of doing it. If you're in school, you come across smarter because you have the mind of Christ. In your workplace, you have the right thing to say, the right thing to do every time because you have the mind of Christ. That's how we're meant to be. Standing out ten times better. But it comes through prayer. Because you see, the wise men of that area, they worked out that Daniel's, what Daniel did right, what his power came, how his power came through was through his prayer life. Because that's what they attacked. Because they couldn't get him anywhere else. And so that's when they came and you know, he got thrown in the lion's den. They came and they said, hey, let's make a law. Under the Persian law, you know, anyone who prays to anyone else but for the next 30 days has to be thrown in the lions. And Daniel went, I hear the law. And what did he do? He went back to his room and he prayed. And he went back and he prayed. He opened the windows and prayed. He didn't hide away and pray. He stood up and prayed. Because he knew that that was the power. That's where it really was. It wasn't in giving the counsel to the king. It wasn't in lobbying. It was in prayer. That's where his power was. And he knew that no matter what came against him, God would deliver him. He gets thrown the lion's den. We know the story. He comes out the other side. The angel comes, shuts the lion's mouth, and he's out the other side. And the king, the guy who threw him in there because he couldn't change the law, he got tricked into didn't sleep that night. Daniel slept wonderfully, you know, curled up against a nice soft lion skin and snoozed away. The king fretted the whole night. See, when you've got no God, you worry. And that's what's happening out there. People are worried and afraid because they don't know what to believe in. They don't know what's right. They're afraid of what tomorrow holds. And he rushes down in the morning and Daniel comes out. Yep, had a good sleep, ready for breakfast. Yeah, but he comes out. You know the first thing Daniel says? Not, you stinking king who threw me in there. He says, oh, king, live forever. He honours the king. You see, you can walk with God, but you've still got to honour. Yeah, it says to pray for those who rule over you. We've got to honour them. Too often we're too quick to criticise and speak the negative. Oh, the the prime minister did this. Oh, the premier did that. Oh, this politician. Ah, let's... And we rip into them. We're actually told to pray for them and honour them. To honour them. 
regardless of what they say. You don't have to agree with what they're saying. I'm not saying that. But be careful what you say. Because by your words, you're judged. Yeah? So we're actually going to do some governing this morning. All right? Because there's no much point talking this stuff if we don't do it, right? We can talk about prayer all day, but we all know that we need to pray, don't we? Yeah? I don't need to convince you that prayer is the powerhouse. Right? So we're going to pray. So what else do we do? Let's do this first. Let's jump into groups of four. And if you can sort of maybe split up with not being with your partner would be really good. But that's okay if you are. But can we get into groups of four or five? No bigger, please. Don't move too quick. It's all right. I know you're in a hurry to pray. That means, you know, probably getting off your seat and moving around a bit. Yeah, grab a kid or two to add to your number would be really good. So guys, you want to go on? Ladies, do you want to go and jump in somewhere? We're going to pray. So you can jump in and pray too? Can you not follow me like a really? All right, you can do four or five plus a kid or two. All right, are we, are we sort of sorted out? Four or five plus a kid or two would be good. All right. Has someone in your group got a smartphone? Can you open up Google Maps, get up Western Australia? (coughs) Samsung, iPhone, they all go through Google Maps. It's not slow. (laughs) Samsung's rule. Turn on the satellite view so it's not just white. Get a bit of colour on your map. It's usually the top left hand, top left hand I think is it? Top left hand corner, scroll down a satellite, tap on satellite. Yeah, so you got WA. Because this state election is for the whole state, not just our city. Yeah, don't go too far out of space. All right, just make sure everybody can at least see WA because this is about that whole process we talked about with your house. We're going a little bit further out now. All right, because you've got to remember this is a state election, not a town election. All right, now I need you to put aside your political preferences. I need you to put aside what you think is right and what you think is wrong. Which party you think is great, which party you isn't. We are not praying against a party. We are not praying against a candidate. We're not praying for a party. We're not praying for a candidate. We are governing. We are above all of that. You are above politics. All right? I want you to get this in your head right now. We are part of a kingdom. When you became a Christian, you entered what is called a theocracy. A kingdom. Democracy is not biblical. 
Let me get that into your head right now. Democracy is not biblical. The way we work as a kingdom, if the king says it, we do it. We don't have a say. We don't have a vote. Do you understand? I'm not talking in our state. I'm talking in where we are from because we are not of this world, are we? We're peculiar to this world. Understand that? We are part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. He is our king. So this is not about politics. This is about governing over this state. Because you see, as we govern, the outcome will be through the elections and everything else that happens here in the natural are a result of what happens in the spiritual. Have we got that? It's important to understand that. So don't get caught down in politics. Talk about governing. Now what I want you to do is I want you to pray together over this state. I want you to pray the will of God over this state. I want you to pray blessing over this state. I had a vision, I had a dream uh, a few weeks ago, and I saw a knife cut through the border of this state from the rest of the country. And the state was turning black, you know, dead black. And it was a whole thing about being cut off, being disunited, being out by ourselves and being cut off from the lifeblood of God. All right? And I saw that as I prayed, the knife lifted, and it was like it was falling off, and it sort of came back up on par, and life started to come back into the state. So I want us to pray into this state and pray in unity. Now, this is the important part, is unity. That when one person is praying, don't just sit there silently thinking off into space. All right? Because you're up in space looking down into all right, but to agree with them vocally. Nod your head, but open your mouth and agree. Because it says that where two or three agree in his name, it is done. That where there is unity, God commands his blessing. And we need some blessing. Yep. So we're going to take authority. We're going to govern over this state through prayer. Speak the goodness of God. Speak the blessing. Speak the will of God. Speak purity. And, you know, the things that are trying to come in, Just we just speak the opposite. So speak the good things of God rather than all the other rubbish that the enemy's trying to agree in. So just speak the opposite. We can talk about all the yak, but that's not going to do anything when we speak what God wants to see happen, that there would be unity, that families would come together, that there would be holiness, that the schools would be flourishing, that hospitals would be, you know, have enough money and there would be jobs and all those things. Speak what you know are, is what God wants for this place. That's an easy thing. Just speak. Speak that the kids would be doing well, that they would know God's ways. Those are the things that are on God's heart, so speak them. That's his word, okay? All right, this is being like the redwood tree that Christian was talking about. What we're doing here is we're connecting together so we can stand together, all right? We're not doing this alone. I want to do this for a few minutes. I don't want to spend, I'm not looking for a big thing. I'm looking for about five minutes here. So don't any person dominate the five minutes, please. This is praying for 30 seconds to a minute. Agreeing and then on to the next person for about five minutes, all right? Okay? Yes? Yes? All right. So let's go for it. Father, we just bless 
this time together, Father, Holy Spirit, as we have ascended through worship, as we have joined together through communion, Lord, we now stand together in prayer. Okay, go for it, guys. Pray. Yeah, Father, we bless you. We thank you. Hear our prayer. Father, we add our faith to them now in the name of Jesus, united as one. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We need to keep doing that. When you're at home, pray for those who rule over you. It's actually a command of the Bible. So when you're starting to govern over your house, what you're starting to do, and you pray over your house every day, take a couple of minutes to pray for those who govern over us. All right? It's really important. All right, now I'm going to get political. I'm going to come back down to earth. Because, you see, what happens in heaven happens on earth. And I need us to understand how our voting system works, all right? For years, I refused to say anything about politics. You know, as a minister, I didn't want to be involved. I didn't want to be influenced. I didn't want to take people the wrong way. I didn't want to cause division in the church. Um, That time's over. (laughs) Because I believe we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to govern through prayer, but we also have a responsibility to stand up. All right? The power is in the prayer. Don't get me wrong. If you don't do anything else, pray. Pray. All right? But we also are called to be a voice. All right? This was Daniel things. He prayed but he also stood up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they prayed, but they also stood up. Okay? We have a responsibility to do both. And when we stand up, we stand up from the strength of prayer. Does that make sense to you? All right? I think, I think it was um, Charles Finney, was it he said? He says, when I pray, I pray like everything depends on God. And then I get up and go like everything depends on me. All right? Wise words. In other words, he puts action on his prayer. You see, when you pray something, then you need to walk into faith. And the action is actually getting involved. All right? So I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to get involved. And you can take it or leave it. It's up to you. You're powerful. All right? You've got God in you. You can take this or leave us. But let me educate you on how our voting system works. It's really important. You know when you get your voting slip and you put the numbers 1 to 7 or whatever it is on them? All right, let me explain how that works. The way you become a representative for your area in Parliament is you have to gain 50.1% of the vote. All right? Does that make sense? You've got to have at least half the vote, so 50%. Now, the way our preferential system works is if you say, I'm, I'm running for the seat of, this is Quinana. We've been moved. We used to be in Jandicott. Now we're in Quinana. Okay. So we're in the seat of Quinana here. And I come out with 47% of the vote. All right? And Sharon here is my opponent for today. And she comes out with 45% of the vote. Okay? So neither of us has 50%. What they do then is they go through, and there were seven candidates. They would go to candidate number seven, who might be Christian, who came in last. All right? Sorry about that. But, you know. All right? So Christian came in last. What? <laughs> No, no, you're a winner, not a loser. You're a success and not a failure. <laughs> All right? So Christian, thank you, Christian, for this. Christian comes in at number seven. What they do is they look at Christian's votes and they look at the number two vote on Christians. 
And whoever he put as number two, they then allocate all of Christian votes that have that number two to that person. So Christian may have given all his preferences to Sharon. All right? So they go through Christians and his preferences. So all the Christians' votes then go to Sharon's. So Sharon, who had 45%, and me had 47 suddenly Sharon's got 49%. All right? And I'm sitting on maybe 47 and a half because I've got a couple from Christian. All right? Does that make sense? All right? So then they go, okay, well, there's still no one at 50%. So let's look at the number six candidate, who may be Naomi in this case. All right? They look at all Naomi's preferences then, and then they look at Christian's number three preferences. And they get allocated to whoever they put. Does that make sense? All right? Wait till you get to the upper house. All right, and that's how they work it way through. And so, your you, who when you put number two, number three, number four, they are actually important decisions because whoever you put second, third, fourth on your ballot, your vote could actually end up being a vote for them. Does that make sense? That's the simplest way I can explain it. All right. If you don't understand, come talk to me later. I can show you and draw a whiteboard and everything else. But that's essentially how our voting system works. So your preferences are important. So when you go, I just do a donkey vote, that's actually a powerful vote. Come see me if you're going to do a donkey vote. Yeah, that's a whole thing about suffragettes and everything else. Don't go there, especially if you're a woman. All right, that doesn't help either, so you'll cook you on that. All right, but your vote, your vote is powerful, and you sit here and think, oh, what difference does it make? It makes a big difference, all right? So it's actually important. So you don't have to put one of the major parties as your first vote because your second vote can go that way, all right? It's actually, do you understand that? All right, I mean, I'm, I'm in a big push at the moment for Australian Christians. I think there's about three or four Christian parties going, and that's great. But I think Australian Christians have something that in the future, not now, but in the future, will be influential. All right? But now is when that, that, those roots, as Christian talked about before, are established. All right? And they're running in just about every seat. So don't be afraid to put them first. All right? Because your second, third, fourth preference will actually make a difference. All right? And by putting them first, you actually give them a higher chance of stepping up into what's there, all right? I worked out the Greens became the third biggest party in the last election with 8.5-something percent of the vote. That's pathetic. The third largest with 8% of the vote. There's 20, 20% of the church actually attends church every week in WA. So 20% of Christians, well, people say they're Christians, or 20% of the population, I should say, is in church every week. If half that, voted for Australian Christians, they would be the third biggest party. What's it like being the third biggest? What does that do? You get to be the one that stands there and goes, you know what, we have a deciding vote because Parliament's too close. Because we have a close. It is close. All right, In this country, our parties are very close and they rely on the smaller parties to get their vote through because they don't have enough votes in the House to pass their legislation. So that's the power of the smaller parties. And the biggest, smallest party is usually the one that calls the shots. So don't waste your vote. All right? Don't be afraid to vote Christian. 
When you vote for the Senate, you've got, that's the really big one. You know the really big paper? It's usually white. Usually white, no? Yeah. All right. And it has a line through the thing. And at the top, it's got all the parties, all the, all the strange parties. You know, you've got the sex party, the hemp party. I think they joined together. Worked that one out. All right. You've got the shooters party. You've got all the, you've got all the independents that are running for different seats. All right. Then underneath, it's got like a gazillion boxes. All right. Only 10% of the population fills out the gazillion boxes. Do you know that? All right. It, 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 it's getting ridiculous, and that's what they're trying to think. Let me, all right, with that one there, all you have to do is put a one in someone like Australian Christians. Because what they do is when they, when they nominate, they actually say who their preferences are going to. So that you know their preferences are going to someone who is Christian-based or ethically moral. So when they go through and do the count, and this why it takes them to do the Senate. You know, we don't get a Senate result usually until three or four weeks. Sorry, the upper house. I'm going federal. Yeah, sorry. The upper house, sorry. Thanks, Naomi. Naomi. <laughs> Amy. I'm firing. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I've been going through so much politics this week. Um, so it's the, uh, yeah, the upper house. Lower house, upper house in the state. Yes, it is. Okay. So when you vote for the upper house, it takes them so long to work it through because of the preference deals. All right, because they go in bulk lots and it's a bit different. Okay, so just have to put the one at the top. If you really want to go for it, then you go for that bottom one. That's your call. I've done it a couple of times. I haven't the last couple of times because it's got a bit overwhelming, but that's all right. All right, but your vote makes a difference there because when you put that, their preference deals they've already got will kick into play. And if you read the paper yesterday, you'll understand that independents aren't necessarily independents, that a lot of them have actually joined in together and got, listed themselves as independents, but actually they're part of... Um, a rather dodgy party. So, yes, so watch out for your independence. Something to be aware of. If you're not sure, read yesterday's paper. It's quite enlightening about what's going on there. That they're independents who aren't. They're part of the, what they call the tech party. Can I say something? Yeah. Mm. It's all money, yeah. And that's why they've all got together. Yeah. And that's why we end up with someone like, I think with someone from the uh, sporting party who had 0.5% of the vote last time and got a Senate seat. And you go, how does someone with 0.5% of the vote first thing get in? Because there's this guy going around doing these deals and putting people in who shouldn't be in and they're actually part of these bigger parties and they come up with... And they can hold the balance because when you get a new bit of legislation, like you park a rule, so if they pass a rule that says, you know what, we're going to have the Safe Schools program in schools and we're going to fund it to $1.8 billion, and it's going to teach all our kids how to be sexually active at 11 um, in transgender situations, and we all go, what the? And it goes to the lower house because, you see, the government in power has, the, has, that, has enough seats in the lower house. But it goes to the, the upper house... And there's when you get all these little, little parties, all these little candidates. And it might come down to they've got 47 votes and they need another three. And that three votes then goes back to the smaller parties or these independent candidates. And they have the say either way. And we may go, yeah, there's one person, but that one person can hold the balance of power. Or it may be they want to go, you know what, actually pass a good legislation and that person goes, I'll pass this, but my deal is you have to bring in something that's questionable. 
That one person has that power because the government needs their vote. All right? That's why we have a lower house and upper house. They make the law in the lower house, then it goes into the upper house and they ratify the law. They say, yes, we pass it. It's like a double-check system, all right? So your vote matters. Does that make sense? Am I not confusing anyone? Let me know if you're confused and we can talk later. It's because it gets a bit confusing after a while. But so it's really important, who, you know, standing up and going, you know what? We're not wasting our vote. We are voting where God has told us to vote. All right. If you want Australian Christian voting stuff, then um, Tracy and Lynn have it floating around. There's a couple of bits here. Um, but I really want to encourage you, firstly, to be praying. All right, pray that no matter who gets in, we pray. Because God is more powerful than anybody in government. All right? So be a person of prayer first. But secondly, think about what you can do. I mean, I know Australian Christians want people to go and hand out leaflets at the polling boxes. You can do it for an hour or two. Um, there's probably a whole lot of other things you can do with that, you know, or get involved in your local thing. If you, you think, I don't like Australian Christians, I want to go with someone else, that's cool. But get involved. Maybe jump in there and say, hey, can I help out some way? All right? You know, I'm not saying you have to be a big political activist. That may not be your thing. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is at least have a conversation with people about how they vote. Make a stand. But above all, be a person of prayer. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I had to laugh that that was that post. I put two posts up. One was that Chantal bought me a cup of coffee as an 11-year-old and I put this post up about political things. I got bazillions of, yeah, that's awesome on the coffee. I think I got seven. <laughs> on, hey, let's, let's get God involved in how we vote. I didn't know it was being shared because you, you don't know what happens when it goes on. You know, and that's cool. I know. I knew a couple of people had. But seriously, on my feed... Everyone likes coffee, obviously. <laughs> it was good coffee, too. <laughs> My 11-year-old makes better coffee than most baristas. Work that one out. All right. Let's pray, hey? Father, we thank you that you've given us power and authority in the name of Jesus to govern in this place, that you've given us that responsibility. Well, we take it seriously. And we pray your will be done in this election, Father. We pray that righteousness will prevail, that we will see your voice heard, throughout this state, that, Lord, the government that gets in will govern according to your will and your purpose and your way, that you be glorified in this place. Lord, that we may live in peace, that we may prosper, that we may be freely share, be able to freely share your word and your love with those in our community. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.